Hi, Priscilla McKinney here, Mama Bird and CEO at Little Bird Marketing. I'm so excited to announce finally, my book is out. Collaboration is the new competition. Why the future of work rewards a cross-pollinating hive mind and how not to get left behind. So what's the book about? (laughs) The impetus was really about a gap that I saw in the business vernacular about how we need to work together to get ahead and have much bigger wins. I think it's super important right now because there is a growing need for collaboration in the business world. And I made this book super practical. In fact, the chapters tell you how many minutes it's going to take for you to get through them. I know you're busy, but these kinds of ideas are going to, I hope, permeate into your thought process and help you get ahead quicker. The first part of the book is about what is the state of affairs in business and why I believe collaboration is really needed. And it also goes on to explain these are the fundamentals that need to happen so you can have collaboration. So once you set yourself up for the win, then It's not always smooth sailing. And I finished the last half of the book giving you seven different anchors that you can use as a practical tool in order to make sure you stay on course. So in a time when business has never been more complicated, this book offers a fresh and in my opinion, much needed perspective. It moves away from that idea of linear success and instead brings people together to give you a competitive advantage. Visit PriscillaMcKinney.com for more information. Hello and welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast. I'm Priscilla McKinney with you as always. I am the Mama Bird and CEO here. Today I have with me Alex Charlton. I was so happy to see him recently in New York, get to have some face-to-face time, but he is the SVP of Technology, Media, and Telecoms over at Verve. This is such a powerful company doing such interesting work globally. So Alex, welcome to the show. Thank you, Priscilla. It's a pleasure to be here. You also have like the best radio and podcast voice. (laughs) Have you considered doing voiceovers? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, all else fails. I guess I could try. I'm not sure. It must be your background coming from so much digital audio production, whatever it is, you've honed this perfect podcast voice. So I might hit you up for just being a permanent guest or something. (laughs) It's a pleasure to listen. So, okay, let's talk a little bit about Verve. This is such an interesting agency and just full disclosure, this is super fun for me. I'm a cultural anthropologist. And so coming across an agency that's doing intriguing work around the globe, and that is not leaving out the cultural context is so fun to me. So tell everybody a little bit about how Verve approaches marketing and consumer insights and marketing research and market research, the whole bag, but on a much more holistic level. So tell us what that differentiator is. Yeah, I mean, so I joined Verve a little over a year ago. And to be honest with you, the things you've just mentioned are the things that sold me on joining the company, well, as well as Andrew, the CEO and the wider senior team great people, but they just this wonderful team of people with all sorts of different sort of esoteric skills. So previously, I've come from very much a boutique agency background, and I was used to working with behavioral scientists and cultural analysts and semioticians. But 
very much as kind of freelancers who I would pull in on a sort of project to project basis. So there was not people that would be there as colleagues sort of day in, day out, who I could just hit up on Slack or Teams or whatever for a quick piece of advice. But at Verve, we have all of these great talents like under the roof, which is just awesome. I can't tell you how powerful it is just to be able to slack someone and say, you know, from a semiotic perspective, like what would your perspective on this project be or this proposal be or whatever. It makes such a big difference. So, yeah, we have this whole basket of skills. Like we've got the quant experts who do all that super advanced quant stuff, which I'm always in awe of. We've got qualies. I mean, a lot of my background is research which is awesome but yeah we have all these other tools and now too we have experts in data science and artificial intelligence under the roof as well so and i think this is part of a truly modern insight agency is and even a modern client side insight team is just being fully cognizant and open to all the different tools that we have at our disposal i mean it's a great time to be in the industry because you can have a lot of fun there are so many different ways we have now of understanding why people do what they do and why people think what they think and quite often why people say what they do is very different from what they actually do so yeah yeah it's a fun time it's that quintessential say do yeah but some people just really don't i think put the appreciation on culture and so many other hidden things that are influencing consumers every day, creating these narratives and creating these belief systems and creating these attitudes that are subconsciously altering what they do, even though they may be reporting something else. I love working with a verb too, because it's right there in the name, the energy, like there's something that is just so interesting and so complex and so always mysterious about humans. They're not going to the store and buying this product for X reason. That's just nobody lives like that. And I feel like even the name is an acknowledgement of that. And when I speak with your senior leadership, I don't know, it seems sometimes very da-da. Like we're talking about things, you mentioned the word esoteric. I feel like that's a very good one. But it is then taking all of that and saying, let's apply science now to it. And let's figure out, can we really help companies come at their products and their services with this new cultural intelligence and really do something smart next. So tell me about what that ideal client is. They're looking for something different. Like what does that sound like when there's someone who's interested in what Verve has to offer? I'm not sure that there's an ideal client, but for me, there's an ideal brief. And that's a brief that's got a big question, a big complex question that doesn't have a simple answer, because that's when we really get to sort of go into our bag of tools and speak to our different team members and pull together a really a great solution that, like I said, leans on all these different skill sets. I mean, so much of the MR industry going back in time has been about direct question and answering, explicit question and answering. And of course, over time, that starts to move to implicit. But what about if we can also have this kind of ethos at Verve, which is far as possible, we like to do insight without asking? Because people don't necessarily, well, none of us do. We don't really know why we do what we do, why we think what we think. We're all ultimately sort of leaves in the wind of these huge macro forces of culture and society and all the rest of it. And what case, I don't want to remove all agency from us, but there's a great deal about the decisions we make, which are not necessarily decisions that we've made fully consciously or, or necessarily in our best interest. So if we can do insight without asking to some extent, I think that takes us a long way towards answering or solving the problem, just exploring really what else is going on out there that might be affecting that individual in question. And also, we've got this living in this wonderful land, territory, or, or era even, of where so much of our kind of consumer behavior is digital. 
So, so much of it is tracked. So actually we're getting to a point now where we don't need to ask people what they do because we can catch that information or the client has that first party data. So one thing we do at Verve, a lot of it build these huge community panels for clients, which run over many years, huge clients like Samsung and, and Walgreens in, in North America and so on. But the thing we really love to do is marry that kind of consumer research part or the surveys and the IDIs and all that good stuff that we're getting just by asking consumers via the community panel. We like to marry that with the actual first party data that the client has in terms of what the consumer is actually doing, what they're actually buying. Can you imagine if you're a video on demand company, you'd have all that viewer data, like what they're actually watching or what their actual session time, how long their session time is, when they were last there. So marrying all that stuff with the survey data and with the IDIs is just tremendously powerful. So yeah, like I said, as far as possible, insight with asking. And then beyond that, okay, when we do speak to consumers, what are we going to ask them about that adds value to that other stuff? Right. As we all know, all of our friends who say, oh, I don't watch any TV. I don't really watch any streaming. And we would like for them just to walk around maybe with the number up on their head of how much they've streamed this week because they have been streaming. Shame them. Shame them. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) score above our heads about a binge binge score. (laughs) Binge score. That's a good one. Okay. That's a new one. So let's talk a little bit about that. Something you brought up and I'd like to unpack a little bit that it's so fun to be a part of this energy team that is very multidisciplinary. That is unusual. You talked about semiotics. You guys do a lot of trend analysis. There's social intelligence. So you're listening without asking. You're using a lot of sophisticated AI. You're doing the IDIs. You're doing all that. Like, why need this? Like, why is this really what is the essence of what is needed today? Well, I think it comes to the point, one of the sort of first things you said, which is that people are complex and consumer decision-making is complex. And if you're really trying to solve it, you're probably not going to solve it through a single survey or a series of IDIs or even a survey and some IDIs. So now we're so lucky. Like We do have these other skill sets that we've grown within the industry. We do have other data sources available at our fingertips. So if you're doing innovation, the typical double diamond process, you might do some ethnography, you might do some qualitative research, you might do a couple of surveys in there, you might do some co-creation. But what about if you could actually pass the data from Amazon product reviews for your category, for your brand and your competitors? So we did this with a major grill manufacturer. And I think we read something like 97,000 Amazon product reviews. And we ran it through our AI And we identified consumer pain points. We identified unmet needs. We then did a bunch of IDIs with experts, chefs, and particular type of cooks and all the rest of it. And then also just leading edge consumers, consumers doing very different behaviors. So if you can take data from different sources, why wouldn't you? You know, especially when technology means you can do stuff you couldn't do before, because that's the power of AI. I know... I mean, I hate to talk about AI in some senses because obviously it's blown up over the last six months. And I think to some extent, there's probably a little bit of AI fatigue right now in the industry. Like we were at Quirks recently, and I think it'd be an exaggeration to say half the sessions were AI, but a good number of them were. 
And I think a lot of stuff's been talked about, which isn't really that novel, which isn't really doing anything that exciting, coding up open-endeds, for example. But Ooh. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, exciting. <laughs> and you could probably do it cheaper even uh, with manual labor anyway. So, but with AI, when you truly have AI, like we have a tool, we're lucky enough that one of our board directors actually started developing this AI tool just before the pandemic, which was great to the foresight. And it's a true AI. Like it's actually built by consumer insight professionals for consumer insight professionals. So yeah, it's got that large language model stuff built into it, but also it's been trained on some psychological frameworks, you know, Jungian archetypes, Schwartz human values, all this kind of stuff, semiotic energy. So that we can point that at different data sources, whether it's text, whether it's images, even video, and we can analyze stuff at a really deep level, going beyond the words or the images to the actual, the meaning behind them. So that's just an example of when we used it in an innovation project. I mean, it's just absolutely mind-blowing what this thing can do. So why wouldn't you, essentially, is what I'm trying to say. So going back a few years, you couldn't possibly have looked at 97,000 Amazon product reviews within a reasonable time limit or a reasonable budget. And also, you probably would have had different people coding the data. So there would have been kind of different biases within the coding, so on and so on and so on. Like, it's about using technology when it can genuinely add value, make a difference, be a meaningful additional tool in your toolkit. You said one other word in the middle of that, and that was leading edge consumers. And so I'd like to break that down just a little bit because some of the really interesting work I love reading about that Verve does is related to pop culture and trend analysis and what's at the forefront of Gen Z. And it's like this kind of idea of what consumers are doing before consumers are even cognizant that they're doing it. And isn't if we could capture that, like the very basis of competitive advantage, right? If we could come to understand what consumers are doing almost on their impulse, and these are the people who are kind of leading the way in these pop culture moments or when certain demographics start changing the way they buy or they operate, it's like it's not become a movement yet. But if you really are using strong AI, and if you're being able to measure such a breadth of information quickly, then you should be able to be getting at this, hey, something new is happening. So tell me about this leading edge consumer and what value Verve tools bring to like enlightening that. Yeah, I mean, so I would place that in the human intelligence part of the triad. So we talk about human intelligence plus cultural intelligence plus artificial intelligence. So human intelligence is a lot about just understanding from a people-centered perspective, understanding who people are and and what they're doing and, and kind of trying to understand the needs that drive their behaviors. So I mean, I've always believed in the good innovation. A lot of it is not, obviously, if you want to understand what the mainstream is going to be doing tomorrow, maybe don't look at what the mainstream is doing today. Look at what some of the leading edge, the different, the people on the fringe are doing today, which is not to say that most of what people on the fringe are doing today is going to be what the mainstream is doing tomorrow, but you're probably going to find some real nuggets of value in understanding behaviors at the fringe before it it takes off, before understanding whether those behaviors might be things that the mainstream might express tomorrow, which meet their needs. So we tend to do that as part of our kind of yeah triad or triumvirate kind of approach to um, innovation, which is looking at not just mainstream needs, but leading edge behaviors. And then combining that, like I said before, with kind of cultural analysis, broader trends in society and culture, and combining that where it adds value with artificial intelligence to allow us to do the heavy lifting and analyze huge data sets in a way that we couldn't have done not even Mm. a couple of years ago. 
You mentioned Andrew Cooper, the founder and leader at Verve, and you mentioned that this is just someone you respect. And so you kind of look and say, look, I just want to work with really smart people, right? But I have heard him say of Verve that he specifically built Verve as a global insights consultancy specifically to address post-pandemic world realities. Tell me about that. Like when you think about like, what happened in the pandemic, we became much more fractured of societies. People were lived far more digitally. Like what comes to mind for you and what do you think Andrew means with that? Let's take a quick break so I can tell you about this show's sponsor. Are you looking for experts and tools to collect research data worldwide? Global sampling, field management, and data collection are just some of the services that Gazelle Global provides. Visit gazelleglobal.com to learn more about how our expertise can help you unearth quality data that drives meaningful insights. Get your research done anywhere around the world quickly and efficiently. Visit gazelleglobal.com today. Well, I mean, ultimately, any good insight agency is all about understanding, helping clients prepare for tomorrow understand the changes that are coming down the pipe and prefer to point. And as far as possible, not just respond to change, but actually predict change and get ahead of the curve. So the pandemic just proved to be, I guess, an acid test of what makes a good market research agency, what makes a good insights agency. And that's why it was a very good period at Verve, you know, that the pandemic, we, we were doing a lot of work, we still are now. It's been good to us. It's introduced a lot of new clients to who we are and how we think and the skills that we have at our disposal. So a lot of the projects, in, I think by their nature, I mean, this wouldn't just be Verve, I imagine across the industry, a lot of the projects by their nature were just clients coming to us and saying, help us understand like what's going on and how we respond to this and whether things are going to go, whether the pendulum is going to swing back fully the other way after the pandemic or where it's going to settle and like, what should we be doing? So obviously it was hugely disruptive to many businesses in positive and negative ways. And we've come out the other side and things are not the same. Things are different and companies have had to, in many instances, change and redefine how they do business and how they meet consumer needs, change consumer needs. So yeah, I think just part of being a good MR agency, obviously helping clients understand the pandemic and what it meant for them was it's part of what we did. And because we had all these, because we were already kind of set up for that, I guess, because we already had this ethos of cultural analysis and these other tools at our disposal, it just put us in a really good place to help big clients with big questions. Well, I can't help but come at that from also a digital transformation kind of a perspective. You and I both know that there's no market research agency worth a hoot that's not heavily digitized in what they're doing. I mean, when we think about digital transformation anymore, what does that really mean? But I did want to ask you a specific question about that. I'm a host of a podcast called Digital Transformation Success. And we look at really what are the next things we need to be thinking about as companies in order to continue to move us down this continuum of how do we continually transform what we're doing But you mentioned that Verve really has this, is like swimming in this digital ethos. And even you specifically coming, like I go pretty far in your background back to BBC days and what you were doing very early on with digital products. I guess I'm kind of curious, what would you say is some advice about when you're thinking about that continuum of digital transformation? Because I see Verve using tons of technology And yet you just told me, look, at the end of the day, it's just a smart group of people with really high quality thinking. 
Yeah, I mean, so you mentioned my BBC days. I mean, I'm going to this slightly reveals my age, but I think going back about 20 years ago, I was the BBC's sole internet researcher, so responsible for helping the organisation make sense of the internet and what it might mean for the <laughs> BBC. And a lot of the time, even back then, I mean, we were working on interactive TV, internet, even very early kind of mobile phone, cell phone kind of uh, versions of the BBC. And, and even post that, when I moved agency side, a lot of my career was spent doing concept development work around sort of essentially technology-based propositions. And I remember something from BBC days like interactive TV, the idea of letting the audience watch the entire Formula One Grand Prix race from the perspective of Michael Schumacher's wing mirror. You know, I mean, this example of (laughs) using technology just because you can, not because it meets a real world consumer need. And so... I'm sorry. I'm such a Formula One fan and I would never want to watch that. Well, well, you know, you apparently you weren't alone. Uh, so, so I mean, so a lot of my career has been spent working with companies who have great technology and it's really, it's a solution in search of a problem, you know, and this is why, you know, many of the, you know, kind of more technology based projects or technology led I should probably say you know these are people who have essentially created a project just because they could not because underneath it there's a real world consumer need those kinds of propositions fail and ideally they fail before the expense of bringing them to market has taken place and that's where a good insight agency comes in and I guess it's about us as insight professionals just reflecting that mirror upon ourselves and upon, upon the technologies that are at our disposal and just sort of saying to ourselves is there a genuine need that's driving this technology? You know, do I have a need? Is this solving a problem I actually have, or am I just casting around for a problem to solve? Which is not to say there's no value in experimentation and playing and trial, but really, I look at a lot of the things. I mean, we've had briefs in the past about whether we could use the metaverse to do research and whether we could use VR to do research and whether, I mean, there might be isolated cases where this does have value. So, for, for instance, if you're doing a project about the metaverse, like maybe it makes sense. But if you're doing a project to understand, I don't know, young people or shopping behaviours in the metaverse just because you can probably doesn't make sense. So just being very mindful of the fact that technology isn't necessarily great. It can be truly awesome, but it isn't necessarily the solution you've been looking for. So, I mean, that's very much our mindset. We're constantly talking to tech partners and I'm essentially doing the research or we're doing the research that our clients don't have to because there probably isn't a client side insight lead right now who isn't being tapped on the shoulder and asked, what are we doing about AI? I know with confidence that when I have those conversations with those people, I can say, well, look, this is how you can use AI genuinely in a transformative way. And this stuff I wouldn't bother with. So if you've got the time to ask the questions and play with stuff, do it. But otherwise, speak to someone like me, and hopefully we can help you navigate what's actually going to be useful to you. Right. So what I hear you saying from that really to be successful is to come at these tools with agnostic view, like, look, just be completely agnostic about the tool and be completely focused on the problem. What are you trying to solve? And that way you don't go the reverse of what you're saying, where you're just casting around, like, let me find a problem here because I got this cool tool to use. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. I mean, look, we're in the insight industry and we're kind of adjacent, if not part of the marketing industry. And I think we're all slightly we have our heads turned constantly by the cool, new, sexy technology that's come along. And maybe that's just part of who we are, but I think it's just be extremely mindful that it's nine times out of 10, it might not be adding much value to what you've already got at your disposal, you know? 
Yeah. Well, as we end here, I just want a little bit more of a personal take from Alex. So you mentioned that you were really inspired when you, you know, met up with the Verve team and you're like, oh, this, I can see what's possible. But what inspires you more in your day to day? Like, what are you curious about with where human behavior is going or consumer insights or as a professional, what looks sexy to you and what is inspiring to you? What's turning you on right now? Funnily enough, I was just watching I was just watching a YouTube video about data science in video gaming. I'm not a data scientist, but I think it's in every good it's probably who we are, right? I don't know many people who set out to be in the MR industry, who set out to be insight professionals. I think it's just an industry of people who kind of fell into it, who are just interested about the world, interested about people, love to learn, never think the job is done in terms of learning. So where did I get to? Where do we come from with that? Yeah. I think it's just I don't know. I have a lifelong love of learning and about finding out about new ways to understand the world. And maybe it's part of that trying to understand myself. I mean, God help me if I ever do. But uh, and maybe that, that's part of it. So what excites me is just keeping my mind and eyes and ears open to learning about the world in new and wonderful ways, because the job is not done. It never will be. And we live in a, a wonderful industry where that's our job and where these wonderful new tools are coming along and change is exponentially increasing, or maybe not exponentially increasing, but increasing and, and the tech's getting better and yeah, just more and better ways of looking at the world. And I love just trying to piece them all together in ways that actually make sense and add value and mean we can answer a question, a client's question better today than maybe an agency could have 10 years ago. So right. that's my kind of roundabout way of answering a question. <laughs> I love it. It is exciting. And it, I think what I hear in that is just curiosity. We're curious people and we, we're kind of insatiable like that. So if you are one of those curious people and pretty insatiable, check them out at Adverb. It's A-D-D-V-E-R-V-E.com. So this company, Verve, definitely brings that kind of je ne sais quoi to market research. I think that's the way I'm going to put it. So also you can find Alex Charlton on LinkedIn. It's just A-L-E-X-C-H-A-R-L-T-O-N. Very straightforward, easy to reach him. Alex, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Mama Bird. (laughs) From all of the peeps here at Little Bird Marketing, have a great day and happy marketing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.